0: Amen, amen. Can we say amen? I'm excited about what God wants to do in this place. I get pumped up when I think about the Word of God. And you know, I don't know if you know anything about Pastor Jonathan, but um, back in our day when, we, when he lived with me, um, he used to be a rapper. And he would rap late at night. And he'd rap about pillows, adobo. He would, he, he, so if you ever get a chance, connect with him. And I, I really want to encourage you to push him to rap for you. And especially if it has anything to do with Goya, let him go for it. Alright? So he, he could do it. He could do it. Trust me. He's a gifted man. He'll kill me after this, but that's all right. Um, but but God is good, amen? There, there is nothing like serving a powerful God. Can we say amen? I, I don't know about you, but I think of Jeremiah when he, when he said that the word of God is like a fire that is what, shuttered up, what? In his bones. Something begins to happen when the word of God manifests itself in your life. It ignites a fire, and not just any fire, but it ignites an all-consuming fire. It's a fire that can consume. Assume every obstacle that stands in your way, every situation that hinders you. Look at someone this afternoon and say, fire. So listen real quick. I go there because I'm a third grade teacher, if you don't know. So a lot of times, you know, my students like to fall asleep when I'm trying to teach math and I'm trying to teach reading. So a lot of times I will have them repeat things after me to make sure they are awake. And they're like, okay, this guy, I don't know where he's going with his next, but I better stay alert because he might call on me. So I won't call on you, but stay alert. Amen. Amen. So I'm so excited to be sharing on servanthood and really what it means to serve, what it really means to be developed and groomed into a a disciple. I I remember growing up, and I, I am a product of Bridgeport, and how many know that God has great work here to be done in Bridgeport? Can we say amen? And, and, and I do want to thank Pastor Burgos and all his leadership team for inviting me here. It's, it's, a, lot, it's, it's a huge responsibility when a pastor entrusts their flock um, into the hands of another leader who's sharing and bringing forth the word. So I really appreciate that. But, um, you know, growing up, I, I remember. I remember the, the trials and the tribulations. And I want to tell you this this afternoon, you maybe come with your, your trials and your tribulations, but what was meant to fry you, God is going to use to free you. Can we say it? Amen. Listen to that. I'm gonna say it again. What was meant to fry you, God is gonna to use to what? Free you. What was meant to destroy you, God is gonna to use to develop you. Listen, I'm gonna say it again. Some of you came this afternoon with some things that were meant to fry you, but this afternoon, God is going to do a work that's gonna free you. Some things came to destroy you, but God came to what? Develop you. So this afternoon, I want you to be empowered by the Word of God. I want you to be. Be equipped and enlisted to do the greater work that he has in store for Citywide Church here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Because God has called you to be a lighthouse. God has called you to be a pillar. God is positioning you. How many know position is critical? Position is important. Sometimes if you're listening to a radio station and you get out of that frequency, you lose the station that you were listening to because you are not in the same position. It is important that you position yourself in Christ this afternoon and the days that follow you because there is a frequency that's about to come your way that's going to ignite a passion like never before. Because this afternoon, God is about to do some setting free. Can we say Amen. One of my favorite texts um, is when Jesus calls his first disciples, Luke 5, an amazing text because it goes and it shows the development of a disciple. One that God is teaching and training and grooming. One that God has set apart for his purpose and his will. There's something about being a disciple in training that speaks to the life of a believer. Because how many know before you can be a teacher, you have to be a student? Amen. You know, I always say to people, "Say I-, I am no Bible scholar. I am no theologian. But I have sat at the feet of Jesus. And how many know that can qualify you? When you sit at the feet of Jesus, it can qualify you. There is something to be said about the disciples in this text who sat. At the feet of Jesus, unskilled, uneducated fishermen who chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Something happens when you sit at the feet of Jesus, when you position yourself at the feet of Jesus, something begins to happen. Something begins to take place. Power begins to be deposited into your life. Untrained, uneducated, smell like fish, dirt beneath their nails. But some things to be said about someone who sits at the feet of Jesus. I want to encourage you, if you want to be of great service to the kingdom, you got to sit at the feet of Jesus. And how many know sometimes things aren't going to make sense? Sometimes you're not going to be able to wrap your mind around it. Some things you're not going to just be able to comprehend it's not meant for us to what comprehend it's not meant for us to wrap our minds around it it's meant for us to what trust in the word of what God before Jesus launches his ministry here the Bible tells us that he spent 40 days in the wilderness and when he was being tested over and over again his power came from the word of God Says, so how did he overcome how did he pass that test because he quoted Deuteronomy over and over again and he said it is written look at someone and say it is written it is written written. he overcame the the enemy in that wilderness because he was able to quote what the word of God because he was filled with the holy what spirit he sat with Jesus he Jesus knew he was in communion with the what the father and a work began to happen something begins to happen let's read Luke 5 it says one day As Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. First note, here you go. Pastor, I like to write with notes too. And I'll give you some letters that are going to rhyme and you're going to work together. We got it? Okay. So Jesus, listen, here's your first point. Jesus will use the object of our affection to get our attention. He will use the object of your affection to get your what? Attention. The disciples knew what it was to be fishermen, and they knew how to use a boat. That was their object of affection. And Jesus takes this boat, and he uses it as an opportunity to get their attention. The disciples were in a position to release whatever they were holding onto into Jesus' hands. And he says, this object of affection I'm going to use to get your attention. How many know that before we become a servant, God wants to get our attention? He's calling out to us. He's beckoning us to come to him. He's beckoning us to hide in him. He's beckoning us to seek him. He's beckoning us to find him. He's beckoning us to knock on the door so that that door will be open. He wants to take the bolts of our lives and use them as a pulpit. I love the beauty of God and and how Jesus operates. He takes this boat and he makes it into a floating pulpit. Is it, I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, talk about giftedness, talk about insight, talk about discernment, talk about wisdom. He doesn't push the people away. He doesn't reject them, even though they're pressing up against him. He takes a boat and he makes it into a floating pulpit. There are things in your life that God wants to take to speak volumes into the city of Bridgeport and all those who walk through the doors of Citywide Church. All who walk through these doors. God desires to take those boats and make them into pulpits. Not to push people away. I, I admire what Citywide is doing. You got too too, 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 too small for this church. God, God began to expand your territory. So you move on to Basic and, and God began to do a work there. And how many of sometimes God has to make us a little bit uncomfortable? Right? He's gotta make you a little uncomfortable. He's gotta make you a little uncomfortable because sometimes I was just talking to one of my sisters who said, sometimes when, when things are going well and we're comfortable, we think they're going right. Just because you're comfortable doesn't mean it's going right. You're just what? Comfortable. Sometimes you have to be made what? Uncomfortable. Because God is expanding your territory. God is opening doors. God wants to be the lifter of your head. He wants to make himself known. So when he makes you uncomfortable, it's because desires, there's a desire. To move you from a place of familiarity, from a place where you're familiar and you're comfortable. He wants to move you from that place so he can grow your faith. How many know we're supposed to go from faith to faith? We're supposed to grow and develop. He, he got their attention. He took that boat. And how many know that the disciples could have had a million excuses? you know, I'm here and I'm tired. I've been toiling all night. I've been laboring all night, but they didn't run home. They didn't flee. When Jesus borrowed their boat, they sat and they listened. They didn't walk away. They didn't abandon what it was that he was saying. They didn't find a way. How many know people that are good for excuses, right? The minute they're challenged, the minute they're put in a position to move, the minute that they're put in a a, a position to have to begin to operate within their calling sometimes we come up with a million and one excuses I've been toiling Jesus says I want you to go now he goes, we meet, met on the shoreline but now I want you to go into the what deep read on I want you to go into the deep how many to you know that when Jesus meets you on the shorelines he's always willing to go into the deep with you and you know what the word for the deep means deep means in in, in the Greek it means fullness fullness He said, I want you to go into the fullness of the Sea of Galilee. I want you to go deeper. I I met you on the shores, but I want you to now go deeper. It's not just enough to sit on the shorelines, but I, I want you to go deeper. And the beauty in this text, it doesn't say that Jesus got out of the boat. Jesus was still in the boat with them. He will go with you into the deep. Look at someone and say, he will go with you. He will go with you into the deep. He will go with you from the shores, and he will go with you to the the, the depths in the Sea of Galilee. He will go with you. Listen, citywide. He will go with you. There are going to be doors that are going to open that people aren't going to understand. There are going to be doors that are going to open that people can't comprehend. That doesn't minimize the work that God is doing in other churches, because how many know God is doing a great work in many churches? Amen? Amen. And how many know that there are enough souls that need to be saved here in our city and beyond that the work is not too little and not too few that we can't all participate in expanding the kingdom of God. (laughs) Amen. There is a work to be done. Listen, disciples, listen, students, listen, listen, Simon, I'm about to expand your territory. I'm about to take you from the shallows into the deeps. Would you be willing to allow me? Here's my three points. Here you go. Here they are. We got intervention, intervention, interaction, you with me? All right. All right. Good, good. Interruption. Told you. I told you I used to rap with John, Pastor Jonathan. Here goes your rhyme. There's your rhyme. Intervention, interaction, interruption. Here we go. And instruction. That's what he's going to try to rap to you later. Don't let him do it. All right. And instruction. These are the beginning makings of a, of a disciple allow god to intervene allow him to step in and When he steps in, it takes some interaction. It takes some dialogue. It takes some conversation. So allow him to intervene. And and then when he intervenes, take some time to interact. And don't be afraid if he interrupts what you think should be done in a particular situation or with a particular plan. Allow him to interrupt. And as he interrupts, be in a position to allow him to instruct. Allow him to instruct you. Teach me, Lord. Be a lamp unto my feet and be a light unto my path, Lord. Prepare my hands for war and my fingers for battle, O oh God. Teach me in the way that I should go. Teach me. That's what the disciples were saying when they called out and they said, Master. They called him Master, which means teacher and commander. Says, Master, check what they say in verse 5. It says, Master, we've worked all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, and some of the gospel says, and at your word, I will let down the net. How many of those sometimes you got to trust God at His word as a servant? Who has committed and dedicated to serving? You've got to trust God at His word. And sometimes you've got to get in a position where you look up to the heavens and say, God, because you said so, then I will follow. I will block out the naysayers, I'll block out the doubters, I'll block those who decide to be my stumbling path, and I'll make them my stepping stone. Oh. There are things in our lives that will discourage what it is that God is trying to birth in and through your life. You know, the word there, for it says, I'll trust you at your word. In some of the text, it says that your word, it's a rima word. What he's saying is an in-birth of faith. I'll trust you at your word. It's an in-birth of faith. Birth faith through me. When there are situations that are an inconvenience and that are overwhelming and that are trying, you have to trust that God is desiring to birth faith in you and through you, look at someone and say, "It's time to birth faith." Let it come to pass. The Bible says that. Listen to this: They grabbed. Check this out. They go out to the deep and they have this net. He says, "Drop the net," and they drop the net. And this is going to be an important point to remember as you continue to go out and serve. Listen to this: very important point. You go so out to serve. He said, "They dropped the net," and when they pulled it up, okay. They pulled up so much, so many fish that they had to call their friends on over to help them. Listen to this. As you are serving and you choose to become a servant, listen. It says this. You can never give something to Jesus without him giving more to you. Listen to that. You can never. I'm going to say that again. You can never give something to Jesus without him giving more to you. Because if we remember the beginning of the text, okay, Jesus borrows their boat and uses it as a floating pulpit. And he ministers to the people in the shallows. And now he takes the word that he is ministering and now wants to put legs to it. He says, now we've talked about it. Now I want to be about it. Let me show you what it is that I can produce if you will trust me to take you out into the deep, if you will just trust me at my word. And they trust him at his word. They go out into the deep. They pull up so many fish. They have to call their friends because he he gave them more than what they could ever give him. It is God's design and his desire. Okay, because his storehouse never runs dry. He always has a ram in a bush. He desires to deposit so many great and awesome things to be able to give us life, and life what? More abundantly. That is his desire. He says, look at the miracle that I can perform. How many believe that God can perform a miracle here and now in this place? That God can raise the dead, that he can heal the sick, that that, that he can expand our territories, that he can touch our families and move, but we've got to be in a position to become disciples and sit at the feet of the master and allow him to begin to teach us even when we've been toiling, even when we're frustrated, even when we're broken, even when we're confused. If we would just position ourselves in Jesus God will set us up to receive the blessing that he has in store for us only if we'd be willing to what submit that's a heavy word submit some of us spend our whole lives never submitting because we take submission as a sign of weakness I'm not weak So why should I submit? I could could do this on my own. I've been managing my life quite well by myself. I've been managing my ministry quite well on my own. I'm not going to submit to anyone. But how many know submission is critical because the Bible says when you submit first, resist the enemy, then he what? He flees. Submission is a first requirement. You submit, you resist, and then what? He flees submission the disciples were willing to submit to Jesus you need my boat here's my boat I can't understand it I can't comprehend it I'm a fisherman you're a carpenter what are you thinking you can't fish at this time of day it's not gonna work it's not possible but no they submitted and they said at your word there are gonna be times that you're gonna have to speak that You're going to have to speak that at your word. It is written. I'm trusting and believing. God, if your word was accessible to Jesus when he was in the wilderness for 40 days, then how much more is it accessible to me? Can you imagine? Jesus accessing the word of God and using it to combat the enemy. I don't know about you, but that's like fire from on high. I mean, I don't know about you, but it can only take God uh-huh, to get you through 40 days of hunger. Let's say amen. <laughs> Thank you. Preach it. Preach it. 40 minutes or forget it. It's already on. That's right, Pastor. You said it. Wow. Your church said amen. Relax, church. Relax. But it's true. It only can be God. There are situations that you are going to face as a servant of the Most High. That you're only going to be able to look at and you're going to go, man, it only can be God. There was no way I could have got myself out of that. There was no way I could have pulled that many fish because the situation was what? Impossible. The situation was overwhelming. But with God, what? All things are what? Possible. Step out of the boat. Trust God to do the miracle that God wants to do. If we meet Jesus at the shore, he will go with us into the deep. Can we say amen? Fishing. Saying, God, give me instruction. He said, let down your nets. Let down. You know when he said let down, it means to loosen your nets. Servants of the most high God. If you want God to fill your net, you have to be willing to let your net go. There's some things that we just hold on to because we're so afraid What's going to be done with it? But if you loosen your net, if you let down your net in faith and trust God to fill it to overflowing, all the things that God can do, all the things that God can release into your life. He will go into the deep. He will take the object of your affection and he'll get your attention. He'll use it as an opportunity to school you. How many know there's no better opportunity than to be schooled by Jesus? School by what? Jesus. There is opportunity. I don't know about you. Some of us don't like to be schooled. I mean, I, because some of us, think we know everything. I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? I deal with my kids. They know everything. But when you take a minute to allow God, sometimes irritation is a good thing. Not easy to provide instruction, but he also provides irritation. He's got to irritate us a little bit. He's got to shake up our boats a little bit. He's got to shake our lives a little bit to position us to be able to get our total attention so that we can look and we can listen because he wants to perform a miracle. He didn't only do a miracle with the fish, but he did a miracle in the fishermen. Listen to that. He didn't only do a miracle with the fish, but he did a miracle to the fishermen because he was preparing them for the future. Listen to that. Three F's. Fish, fisherman, future. There you go. You can write that down. Fish, fisherman, future. So he only did a miracle with the fish. But he did a miracle with the fishermen. Because he was preparing them for the future. There's something I'm preparing you for, Simon. There's a reason I want to take your boat and use it as a floating pulpit. Simon, there's a, there's a reason why I'm calling you to go into the deep, Simon. There's there's a reason, Simon, I'm telling you to drop your net, Simon. There's a, there's a reason because I want to bring you from that place of calling me master to calling me Lord. Listen to that. Lord. You called me master. From, from this day forward, you're going to call me Lord. You say, well, what does that mean when he calls him Lord? Listen, and I'm going to tell you, write this down. This is just good for you to have. When he calls him Lord, what he's saying is I relinquish my rights to control my own life. And you now, you now have the authority, the authority to own me. It's a, it's a word that means ownership. What he was saying is that I'm sold out for you. I desire for you to have ownership over me it's no longer just commander and chief but I give you the right to have ownership over me I relinquish every thought and every ideology that I've ever hold on to I relinquished it I, I let it go because I desire to leave it all behind and now follow you I'm at your feet Jesus it's a sign of supplication and adoration God it's a sign of total surrender it's when he he got out of the boat the first thing he did was not count the fish but he went right to the master's feet oh the first thing he did was run right to the master and sit at his feet because there was a miracle being produced in the life of the fishermen it wasn't just in the miracle of the fish They weren't caught up in just how many do we have and how much can our net hold. What really mattered to them was sitting at the master's feet. And when you sit at the master's feet, how many knows those those things that were of the past and those things that you used to cling to and find value in. God begins to give you new value, new purpose. It didn't say they even went back and looked for those fish. It says this. Look in this verse here. Check out what it says. Right here. Verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. They didn't go back to count the fish. They left everything to what? Follow him. Because there was a future that God had in store for his disciples that took this lesson of using a boat as a pulpit to minister and share And then what? To to produce a miracle. And you know, the text tells us that Simon connected with Jesus before this. If you look in the verses before this, Jesus healed his mother-in-law. He had a connection with Jesus. But there was no connection like the connection he had at this point in his life. Because it was just more than just a connection. But it was an intimate, what? Relationship. Listen, it's not about God trying to intimidate you. He wants to be intimate with you. Listen to that. And write this down. It's good. It's not that God wants to what? Intimidate you. God wants to be intimate with you. So God, What are you doing taking my boat? What are you doing making me work longer hours than I had anticipated, God? I mean, don't you know, Jesus, that I'm tired? Don't you know that I smell? Don't you know that I stink? They didn't come up with a million and one excuses. They trusted him at His word. Listen, young people that are in here, because I work in a school and I know how tough it is. There are going to be some times you're going to really have to trust God at his word. Because when everything else seems normal and it's wrong and it's not right, you're going to have to lean upon the word of God. And you're going to have to take him at his word and say, it is what? Written. It is written. Written. It is written. It is written. I speak the word. I speak life. Listen, it's important. And you know, and I do speak life this afternoon. When you leave this place, because this is an epic journey, it's your epic conference because God is about to send you on an epic journey. And everything that the pastor has been preaching to this body is to prepare you for the journey that God has set before you. Everything that Jesus did with the disciples was prepare them for the journey that was set before them. Don't underestimate your training ground. Don't underestimate what God. God is doing in the here and the now sometimes we think that the real training is on the battlefield but sometimes the real training is in the training room how many know that's to be the truth don't underestimate what God is doing in the training room This is your training room. Everything that pastor has spoken from the pulpit, everything that has gone forward in this conference is a part of your training room experience because when you get on the battlefield, you're not going to have all the time in the world to say, let me run here and let me run there and let me think about using this weapon and maybe I'll use that weapon. No, no, no. You got to be ready. You got to have the word of God written on the tablets of your heart so that you can quote, you can speak. It is written. I might have been in this place for 40 days. I might have been in this place for 50 nights, but I know the word of God. It is written and he will never leave me nor forsake me. He's taking me from the shallows and he's bringing me into the deep. My God is springing forth something new. Behold, do you not see? I am springing forth something new, new, new life, abundant life. Allow God to put you in his hands, to shape you and to mold you and to craft you into all that he has desired you to be. I trust you, God. I lean upon you, God. Servants trust God at his word, even even when the circumstances aren't just right. Listen to that. They trust God at his word, even When the circumstances aren't just right. How many know those aren't just right situations? How many know this is just not right? I mean the disciples, this is just not right. But I'm a servant and I will trust you. And I will push out into the deep. I will go, God, to places where trust has no borders. Faith has no borders, God. I will trust you. This is, I think, one of my favorite stories, and I'll share with you. I was reading a story not too long ago, and I know I have a few more minutes, and I'm blind even with glasses, so please. You might have to start throwing smoke signals up and stuff, okay? Um, (laughs) um, You know, one of the most beautiful stories to me that I've heard, um, it's about a boy, or a family, actually. They were in a fire. um, The house was engulfed in flames, and um, the father got out, but he realized he didn't have his son with him. And so while he was looking all around frantically, he can hear a voice screaming from one of the windows. And when he looked up, he realized it was his son screaming from a window with smoke pouring out of it. The fire department arrives and he's crying. The boy and the father say, I'm going to save you, son. I'm going to get you. And the boy screaming back. He goes, Daddy, the smoke is too thick. The fire is too hot. I can't get out of here. Save me, Daddy. Daddy. And the father says, just jump. And the son says, but daddy, I can't see you through all this smoke. And then the father says, but I can see you. How many of us know that no matter how thick the smoke is, God still sees you. Can we say amen to that? God still sees you. Sometimes a smoke is thick. And the fire is hot. And sometimes you feel like you can't see your daddy. But your daddy can see you. I will close with this. God is going to fill your nets. But don't get caught in the miraculous catch of the fish. Before you get caught up with sitting at the feet of the master god has some powerful and amazing things in store but take this from the story when the disciples got out of the boat they didn't run back to count the fish they ran to the feet of the savior and they called him master before but now they knew him as lord he wants to be lord of your life can we say amen god bless you